Welcome to the Wild Menopause Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Shepard, certified holistic sexuality coach with a specialty in the Taoist jade egg practice. I run an online transformational program for women navigating midlife, menopause, and beyond who want to rebirth their lives by reclaiming their sensual pleasure and tapping into the power of their sexual energy. You see, your sexual energy is not just about sex. It's the foundation of everything, your vitality, your health, your creativity, your joy, and so much more. From the Taoist perspective, midlife and menopause is called second spring. It's considered to be a spiritual and sexual rebirth where a woman can realign with her deepest desires, rejuvenate herself, and rebirth her life from the inside out. Learn more about my program, Second Spring Queen, with a link in the show notes. It just might be the holy grail you've been searching for. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Hello there, beautiful. Welcome back to the show. Always excited that you're here, spending a little time with me. So hope everything is going well for you. And welcome back. All right, so i get right into it. Today's episode, I really felt a burning desire, if you will, to really speak to the power of home practice. And I think this is something that many of us have been discovering, rediscovering, discovering on new levels all through COVID, right? Because we had to, of whatever practice you do, whether it's yoga, meditation, qigong, whatever it is, you had to figure out how to do it at home. And I know we, so many people created their own situations of how to do that if you need equipment, save for your practice, right? Like my husband, for example, we live in a barn and upstairs is all like raw barn, but he created this gym. It's actually hilarious. It's We call it the Flintstone gym because it's like buckets of rocks with pulleys and everything. So it's amazing, but it really works well and it, it was a lifesaver for him. But in that process, he he discovered like how empowering it is to first of all, like kind of create your own space for whatever practice you're doing and really make it yours, like have fun with it, infuse your character, your humor, your humor into it, which is definitely the vibe of what he created up there. And it, it's great because it's a space he loves to be in. And so he goes there often. And um, so, yeah, and that applies to, you know, any practice we do. And I want to talk specifically, of course, about the jade egg practice or any sensuality practice, because here's the thing. I think that we have been so, so hardcore conditioned to really place our power outside of ourselves. And you really see that coming up, you know, full force when we, when we enter the realm of sexuality, sensuality, anything like that. It's this, um, you know, give our power away that there's, you know, some guru out there that's going to tell us what to do and, it's almost like this um, a, a kind of a Disney Prince Charming effect in a sense of that we have to go to some, you know, enchanted place to to really um, have someone else bestow this kind of wisdom or power on us. And I, I think, thank goodness, that's really changing on a collective level. So many people are just waking up to the fact, just how powerful they are, how friggin' powerful we really are, right? And not that I always remember that every day, no, but like, I think it's a really good direction to to head in, right? Especially when we're doing work like reclaiming our sensuality and our pleasure 
and um, anything to do with sexuality. Again, we are so, um, the wellness industry really has um, perpetuated this idea that you need to go to Bali, you need to go to Tulum, you need to go to Thailand to transform, right? Whatever the transformation you have in mind. And I just want to say that I, I have traveled across the country and across the world to do immersions and trainings and uh, lots of things like that. And while it could be incredible to do that, I love travel, don't get me wrong. I can't wait to get my passport out again. It can really derail us in so many ways and really um, set, it, it takes a lot longer like to come into our power, I think, when we're we're on that model. And you see this in the wellness world or the transformation world when you do travel and do a lot of workshops or whatever, people get addicted to it and they feel like they can only be themselves in those spaces, right? What what I really would love to offer here as, as something to chew on is that um, the, the most important transformations, if we want to use that word, it's more like an unfolding. It's that you're not changing, you're actually unfolding into who you really are. I use the word transformation because so many people are familiar with that, but it really isn't about transforming it's more about healing and um, integrating what's been blocking who we've been all along so yes you are like dorothy you've had the power all along the red ruby slippers and it's a journey of just remembering that right getting support along the way just like she did but um yeah i think that there can be this thing that's really can really distract us from doing the work. I don't want that to sound heavy, but it's like, oh, if I could just go to Bali, I'd be fine. I could, you know, do this work. Or if I could just go to Tulum and and then I could do this work. And I find that to yeah, again be a huge distraction because the most powerful again unfolding happens in your own backyard. And I found that out through trial and error, you know, from traveling and doing those things and seeing the high energetic cost of that trying to re-enter into my life, right? They always say re-entry's a bitch. <laughs> I found that to be true. Um, but what if, what if we can really root here where we are? And I don't mean like just settle for what you got. You know what I mean? It's more like, can we just claim our domain? And I found once I started working in that way with these practices, that's when I started really unfolding and tasting the true power that's available through consistent practice that is integrated into your life. And I do want to say too that if you have young kids at home, I know how challenging it is. Believe me. Oh my gosh. When I started doing this, I did have young kids and, um, yeah, so you, it is, it, it takes um, a little more gumption to carve out this space and maybe even getting up at the wee hours, which I had to do to really carve out the space and the time where I wouldn't um, have all the distractions and disruptions and everything like that. But um, over time, energetically, once I made the, the decision, it's about deciding, once I made the decision, I felt like I got so much more support from my family, even though they were young. But if I claim that for myself, that was number one, really having those boundaries, not like in a, like a bitchy way. You know, I mean, maybe you have to be a bitch sometimes, but it was more about just me owning my desire 
to do this work and to come into the power of this in my way, in uh, my own way. And first of all, kids are so smart. They feel the energy and they want you to be in your power. They really do. So I got eventually a lot of support from my sons, even though they didn't really know what I was doing. I things just fell into place. Oh, sure, I'll make a, you know, a sandwich instead of you cooking me lunch, you know, things like that. We homeschooled too. So they were around a lot. But I would get up really early in the morning as well, you know, to fit it in uninterrupted. And another favorite of mine was, you know, um, doing my practice in the bathtub because that's my sacred space. If you have a real young one, that's really tough. But once you can lock the door <laughs> and have that space, the the bath can be a beautiful place to do some sensual practice for sure. I know I've definitely used my utilized my bathtub quite a bit over the years. But what I found again to be true is that when we carve out the space in our homes, in our lives, to do these practices, then we have a sustainable uh, situation going on. We have real sustainable power building right where we live. If you think of, say, the landscape that you live in and you are the work of art within that landscape in your domain, right? And once you get that and decide that that's how it is, it's such a game changer. And um, you don't have to go through all of the, um, you know, coming back and re-entering and, oh my gosh, how am I going to... F- and then, then there's always this fantasy of like, oh, if I could only feel like I did when I was in, you know, in Bali right? (laughs) It could really pull us off our center. What I'm a big fan of is let's do practices that we can weave in to our daily lives. And so we can, again, build power, do the healing and have our space. There's something so powerful about being in your own space, so deeply healing. Because when you, uh, again, go to say a, a place, a venue or whatever, it it can be amazing and beautiful and fun. However, you're dealing with all kinds of different energy. And these practices are deeply energetic. And if you're interested in doing these practices, you're most likely a sensitive being. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> I've noticed. So big hearted, wanting to love, wanting to be embodied, wanting to be your best self, that all comes with a certain sensitivity that you really want to honor. It also comes with a certain sensitivity that can tend to attract um kind of, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but kind of vampire energy or people that want um, you to take care of them, right? I'm sure you can relate. Uh, not your kids, <laughs> but adults. And I've definitely found that to be true. And sometimes these containers aren't held in such a way where um, that's factored in. And it could be exhausting, really exhausting because, you know, your energy is is gold. Your essence is gold. And when you go to a place like that, it should be about your process, your healing, and sure, you want to share. But when you're dealing with all different types of energy, and even the people, say, that are maintaining the space or run, own the space and all of those things, this can all weave into um, kind of pulling you off center when it's kind of an inefficient way, if you think of energy accounting, of coming about it. Because when you are in your space, claim that domain, and build your own power, right? Then uh, you really got a sustain, um, strong, sustainable access to it, you know. And so, what I would recommend is if definitely, if you wanted to do some kind of group thing and travel to some really cool place, awesome. However, 
I would say start the practice at home, (laughs) right? Really connect with yourself, get powerful in that way, and then decide who you want to hang out with, where you want to go, who are the people you'll be engaging with, because I found that some of these more um, open-ended programs, you get all kinds of people and there are different levels of practice, different levels of um, consciousness. And, you know, it might just be really distracting and exhausting. So just I don't want to diss anything, but you'll find, I believe, if you, again, take these practices on for yourself and your space, that, um, you know, again, when you go abroad, it won't have to be about a transformational journey. You could actually, you know, go to Italy for fun and have a friggin' awesome time. (laughs) You know, grab a couple of friends, maybe your partner, whoever, and um, you don't have to spend your precious dollars and time, even more importantly, your time going through cathartic transformational processes when you have done um, a more sustainable, nourishing, grounded practice at home. And um, yeah, so this definitely has been um, so powerful for me. And many women that I've worked with, when they start to really get that, like, oh man, I could do this right here. This is incredible. And the ripple effect is great because then you don't have that re-entry thing. Say if you do have a family, you don't have that stress of, oh, how is this going to integrate with my partner or my kids? It's more like it's happening all the time, little by little. It's like a titration, if you will, like drop by drop. They're getting used to the the energy that you're working with or the uh, the real you unfolding, let's say, that it's not such a shocker and it doesn't have to be a struggle that um, that you go through, if that makes sense. So again, travel's wonderful. Love travel. And I love to get together with like-minded folks who are also on cool journeys and all of those things. But you do want to be discerning. When, when things open up, I think they're starting to open up again. You want to be discerning. Do your research. And um, especially as a seasoned woman, can I just add this in as, a, as um, an extra here? As a seasoned woman, unconsciously, many people in group situations, and you're probably a bit of a rebel, a seasoned woman who likes to do this kind of work, right? So there won't be many of you in that group, probably, right? Um, So what can happen is people unconsciously will start projecting caregiver onto you, and that totally sucks. Definitely happened to me. (laughs) Then you have to like really, okay, I gotta work on my boundaries. It's like, well, yeah, but all that time could be invested or all that energy really more importantly can be invested in you truly cultivating your orgasm and reclaiming your pleasure and all those things, right? That I know you're interested in if you're listening to my podcast. So um, yes, I find that to be true. And even facilitators sometimes unconsciously don't even realize that they do that. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a role or partnered with people who really kind of want to project mom onto you. And if you're at the stage of life I'm in and you're starting to really, really evolve, let's say, your relationship with your kids, because now they're not kids, they're adults, right? I'm in that stage right now. The last thing in the world you want to do is um, be mom to other people. (laughs) Just if you want to trigger a seasoned woman, (laughs) that's the way to do it, right? Am I right? When I talk to my girlfriends who don't even do this work, who are my age, they right away, they all resonate with that. They're like, oh, yeah. 
God, yeah, I don't want to be. I did that. I raised my kids. I love it. And now I'm working on transitioning into an adult relationship with them. And um, well, sure, when grandchildren come along, that's going to be a different story, a different chapter, a different relationship. But I do not want adult people, (laughs) even if they're in their 20s and 30s, coming to me, even if they're the same age as my children, um, and really wanting me to like, you know, be their mom, right? Again, not to diss anything. It's just more of an awareness of like, how powerful your home practice can be. And it really is the bomb, I think, in terms of really unfolding and integrating the most efficient way if you're interested in efficiency. So of course, to do that, you're going to have to take the reins on your schedule. You're going to have to mark out the time. No one's going to do it for you, right? So what I encourage the women in my program to do is to carve out uh, twice a week a half hour each time for ritual, for sensual practice ritual. And then we have other practices that we weave in, um, you know, on the daily, as far as like, um, there's one I shared in the last episode of just the Shakti reset, right? So you can like pattern disrupt. So starting with twice a week is great and evolving into something more perhaps as you go along. But you're really, if you don't carve out that time in your schedule, it's not going to happen. Another thing we have to uh, really factor in is you want to create a space, a physical space in your home. That is so important for ritual. You have to make it beautiful, simple and beautiful. And it can be something that you set up and take down too. Say if you're space space, um, compromised in any way, which during the COVID times, man, that was a challenge for me. I had to really modify my space, but I was committed to making it beautiful, rolling out my sheepskin. I love my sheepskin and having all my things around that I like, right? When I practiced, I did not give up on my practice. It was the thing that kept me sane. Um, Yeah. So again, it doesn't have to be a palace. It can be if you want it to be, but you really want to, again, time and space in your life, right in the landscape where you live in your own backyard, because Again, Dorothy, you do have the power. It's just an unfolding and a remembering of of coming home, right? You got it. All right, I'm going to cap it there. And um, I hope you have a fabulous day or evening, whatever time it is that you are tuning in. And I will catch you next time. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you're resonating with what I'm sharing here on the show and you want to know more, you're curious, maybe you're wondering if my program, Second Spring Queen, is a good fit for you right now. Set up a free Pleasure Queen activation session. You'll see a link for that in the show notes. In that free session, we'll meet one-on-one and I'll guide you through a body-based practice where you can connect to your inner Pleasure Queen and get really clear on your desires for your third chapter. And you'll get a real sense of what my work is all about and how I can serve you and whether or not it's a good fit for you at this particular time. And if you know a woman or women in your life that would really benefit from what I'm sharing here on the show, please share the love, pass it along. All right, that's all for now. I'll catch you next time. Take care.